0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Hey, podcast listener. Today's episode is audio from the webinar I recently did on how to get your accounting practice under control in just four months. You're gonna wanna listen in because it shows you the four main steps required from working 50 hours a week to going down to working 40 hours a week. Now, because it's a webinar, the visuals are missing. And I do reference some slides. I don't think it's a significant detraction. If you do want to watch the webinar itself, the video version, you can catch it at Crowdcast. And I will put the link so that you can watch it inside the show notes. I also reference a capacity planner, which is a Google spreadsheet that I made for my clients, and I've shared it widely in the past. It is also in the show notes. It is a Google Doc, so you go to file, make a copy, and then you can customize it to your heart's content. The recording is trimmed up for expediency, so you'll notice some cuts. Also, not a big deal. And at the end, I answer questions about down to 40 hours CPA Mastermind, what it's like, what's included. So if you want to skip ahead, you can just go right to the 50-minute mark. I hope you enjoy hearing how to get control of your accounting practice inside four months. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is January 8th. Welcome. I'm glad you are here. Okay. So... Also, hit this. Feel free to post any questions in the chat. I'm here for an hour today, and this is way more useful for you if you ask your questions about how to get your accounting firm under control. You are here because there's an element of something that's not in control or that you are wanting, and you're here because you have some challenges and that you'd like to get some clarity around how to move forward. So please feel free to post your questions in the chat. It's entirely likely that the questions that you have are going to resonate with other folks who are watching and listening. So you're in the right place if you work more hours than you want to be. A lot of the folks I talk to are working 45, 55, sometimes 60, 65 hours a week, and they don't want to be. Also, there are folks who are working 40 hours a week and they'd rather be working 35 or 25, especially people who have young children. That includes moms and dads or people who have aging parents, or kids with special needs, or just other life circumstances. Or even, you don't even have to have life circumstances. You can just wanna work a 25 hour hour week. You don't have to justify it by having little kids or aging parents. You can simply wanna work 25 hours a week without having to justify it. I work 10 hours a week and it is amazing, I promise you. And I had to work through my own fear that the other shoe was gonna drop or I was forgetting something or I was missing something. But once I worked through it and got all my systems dialed so that my business is supported by my systems, now I'm not preoccupied by worrying about something uh, that I've forgotten something or it falling through the cracks. And on average, I work 10 hours a week. And I want the same for you because honestly, it it changes the very experience of your life. So like I said, you're here, you're in the right place if you're working more hours than you want to be. Also the sort of that feeling of like, I'm working way harder than I want to be for the money that I'm making, that level of underlying dissatisfaction that you might be experiencing or that your business, your firm is dominating your life. And it's not that you don't love working or that you don't enjoy working because you probably do, right? To a degree, you probably really like working hard and you get some sense of satisfaction out of working hard. But it's that it's too much and it's just crowded out the rest of your life and you don't quite know how to wrangle it and get it back under control. So if you feel like you're all over the place, your day feels reactive, you're chasing clients for documents or there's fires or you're using your weekend to catch up or you just can't get anything productive done during the day because your staff is asking you questions or your phone rings or whatever and notifications are binging all the time and you're using weekends and evenings to catch up and get things done these are some symptoms of not just being overworked but probably having too many clients and systems that aren't running smoothly and we can we can fix all that so some things that you might have tried you might have tried out outsourcing either you know in North America or overseas the Philippines India And that's just, it didn't work as well as you had hoped. It wasn't the sort of silver bullet that you would hope for. You might've hired more staff. Staff are expensive, you know, 45, 60, 80, 120K. That is an expensive way to try and get your time down. It can work, but it isn't always the sort of magic bullet that you hope for. Plus staff take time and energy to get up to speed and they take time to hire and train and all that. You might've tried more clients. Because you need the money to pay for your staff and you might have tried more technology, apps, zaps, and AI and chat GPT, and you're still working more hours than you want to be. So today I want to give you the four steps that we use with clients, that I use working with my clients to get them down to a 40-hour week inside four months. It is entirely doable. Rule of thumb, 10 hours every four months. We can get your work week down by 10 hours in four months. So if, so you can do the math on how many hours a week you're working. Okay. So here's what I have for you today. I want to give you these four steps, four super simple steps, not rocket science. There's nothing crazy that you have to do. Four simple steps so that we can get you from feeling like things are just like you're, you don't quite have the reins tightly in your grasp in your accounting practice and inside four months, we can can make it so that you feel like the horse underneath you is no longer bucking and galloping out of control, right? and you're just like you're at a trot, and you can handle it, and it's fine, and the revenue is there and I want to use fifteen minutes if you are interested in it for folks who are here because they have questions for down to forty hours c p a mastermind and give some time to answer those questions or concerns that you might have if you are thinking about joining us for this cohort of down to 40 hours. So if this is the first time that you've ever seen me on camera or ever heard of me, and maybe you're not on my email list, here's the TLDR, I'm smart and I'm fast. And it's, I think, factually supported. I have an engineering degree from Cornell University. I run a sub 40 marathon. I can do a Rubik's Cube in less than two and a half minutes. And I work 10 hours a week, like I said, and in the parlance of accountants, the way that you talk about it is I'm comfortable, right? The revenue is comfortable. So here are your four steps. Let's jump in. And Derek says, so my questions are over on the side, so I got to look over here. Is this doable right as tax? Oh, such a good question. Is this doable right as tax season is about to start? Let me, let me tackle this question right out of the gates. I'm really glad you asked. So I have seven reasons that, (laughs) that it is great to do this during tax season. Yes, there is an option to wait until after tax season is over. So let me argue the opposite side first why wait until tax season is over before you do this so if i'm to argue on the other side sometimes there's just only so much you can do you only have so much bandwidth sometimes you just need to focus and say no to things and say that is a great opportunity but i'm going to let that city bus go by and i'm going to pick up the next one four months from now and this city bus will come back around in four months if you want to get on then you totally can so Because sometimes there's only so much focus and bandwidth you have. And if you think it's a better decision to let this one go by, then let it go by. Now, to argue the other side. Here's why I think that now is the best time if you're already overworking. And is it possible? So I think the answer is yes. Because part of the reason if you're overworking now, working more hours than you want to be now, is simply a product of the decisions that you've made over the last however many years that you've had your firm in, specifically probably over the last one to two to three years. And you've been making decisions that have resulted in you working more hours than you want to be. And because you've been making the decisions, the the way that you're thinking about it has informed, of course, those decisions. So what we need to do is help you make different decisions that are gonna take the ship and steer it in the other direction. And one, a, a couple of the things that make it a couple of the decisions that I see my clients make, are they say, yes, they keep on saying yes. They have a really hard time saying no, because saying yes to clients looks like money or saying like, they don't know how to say no. So a client has some kind of special request or outside the box or outside, you know, scope keep, creep request. They don't know how to say no. So they just keep this pattern of saying yes. Keeps the pattern of more work on their plate, and they also don't want people to be upset, so they don't want clients to be upset, and they don't want clients to either bark at them or snap at them or whatever it is. you know call their staff and chew out their staff, and they don't quite know how to say no, not now, not in this way, or the price for that will be this. They don't have those tools as a consequence they continue the pattern and the habit of overworking. So for folks who sign up during tax season, and last year we had folks sign up during tax season, and what they said was even though it was extra work, they made better decisions in the moment, and had they not joined, tax season would have been worse, right? So it helped them stabilize, and even though they didn't have as much time as they do in May, June, July, to make and implement the changes that we talk about, It helped them prevent exacerbating the situation. It helped them prevent making things worse. The continued pattern of saying yes, when they know they need to say no. And hold on. There was another thought that I wanted to grab.
1: The other thing is, okay. And this is
0: a little bit of a sidebar. Um, The other way that I think about it is this is game time, right? Tax season is on. It's almost upon us. It's, you know five weeks out mid February. And I think of it a little bit like imagine if you're in the super bowl or game seven of the world series or the Stanley cup finals game seven. And you're like, you know what coach? (laughs) I, I just don't have time to get coached right now. So imagine you kick your coach out of the dugout, right? Or no coach on the sidelines at the super bowl, or you come back to the bench during shifts to change, you know, swap out and, No coaches on the bench. You're like, I don't have time. I'm too busy to get coached, right? No, those guys have coaches on the bench. They would never refuse their coaches during the Super Bowl when it is the most important time for them to manage their minds, to get coached, to have clarity, to have support, because everything is on the line. It is showtime. By contrast, think of the tennis players, Serena Williams, Novak Djokovic, Federer, right, they are out on the court, U.S. Open, 30,000 fans, and they cannot get coached. It's against the rules. The coaches are in the stands and they can just clap politely, right? And Djokovic is out there with his head (laughs) and his mind game in the swirls trying to manage the pressure and keep himself calm under pressure and perform under all that pressure, right? So which one do you want? Do you want no coaching and all that pressure of managing your own mind game by yourself? Or do you want the support of coaches and a community of people around you who are making the same changes, making in it, in the thick of it with you, making those changes? So pros and cons, you can, you can see it. You can make arguments for either way. You can make a case for either, either way. There's no right or wrong. Is it possible to do during tax tax season? Absolutely. And we have CPAs who stay in down to 40 and now down to 25 during tax season because they know and they recognize that the support that they get during tax season is so useful because they need a place to come to talk through because there's a lot going on, right? And they can talk it out and they can get clarity about how they need to handle the challenges that are in front of them. Okay. So let me come back to four steps. And continue to pop your questions in the chat. I'm happy to answer them. Yeah, it's helpful. Thank you. Okay, good. Great. Okay, so let me go over to four steps. And even if you have questions that are outside of these four steps, I'm happy to answer them. And I want to give you a sense of what these four steps are so that you can see it at a high level, because I think it's so much simpler than you might realize. When you're in it in your business, it feels like a swirl. It kind of feels like the washing machine and turbulent and you're just getting bounced around but I can see it from above. And I think it's far simpler than you might know. And that doesn't make it easy. I don't want to sugarcoat it and make it sound like it's the county fair and we're just having fun here, right? You, It's your business. It's your life. You might have employees. It's you know their lives. And I don't want to overdo it. Their mortgages. But I, I appreciate that it's your business and we're not just like, la, li, la, la. It's your business. There's a lot going on and we need to manage this effectively, wisely, thoughtfully, methodically. So,
1: and it's not not rocket science. So if it feels like
0: this, like, oh my God, how am I ever going to put this together? And what you want is this and the relief of like, ah, hey, everything is together. Everything has its place. We know where things are. And you walk into this space and you feel calm and you're like, sweet, this is exactly the business, the kitchen that I wanted, this is what we want, right? So, step one here's where we need to start. We need to know where you are right now. We need to benchmark. I've worked with plenty of CPAs for whom how many clients they have is fuzzy because they have so many 500, 750, 1,000. The businesses change, they change names, entities open, they close. Clients come and go, some of them pass away, or maybe you thought that they moved out of town, but then two years later, they pop back up and you're like, you're my client still, like I haven't heard from you in two years. You'd open their file and they're like, oh, look, they've paid me in two years. And this guy wants me to do his return. And it's April 10th and he hasn't paid me until you're like, what? Right. So if that's the case for you, we need to benchmark exactly where you are. And then we need to know where you want to be. And we need for that to not be fuzzy. Fuzzy sounds like, so I've actually asked this client a question How much do you, money do you want to make in a perfect world? And she's like, uh, 400 to 500. That's fuzzy. So I said, Which is it? She's like, I don't know, 400, 500. Like either one of those would be fine. And I said, If I showed up at a check, if, if I showed up at your door and I knocked and I said, I have a check with 400K written on it and 500K written on it, which one would you take out of my hand? She said, 500K. I was like, All right, now we're clear. Right? No fuzziness about where you want to go. So that same for hours. People are like, oh, 35, 45, 30, maybe like, 28. No. <laughs> is it 25 or is it 30? Or is it 35? Which one is it? We need to get crystal clear about what you want so that we can design the solution. Without that clarity, we can't design the solution. So this goes for your client count, the number of staff you have. I recognize that one's not fuzzy. The revenue, we need to get out of a range. We want a number, the hours we want, we need to get out of a range. We want a number and we want to know how you want to feel. So I want to know if right now you feel stressed. Is it a CON 10 or a seven? Is it, do you feel overwhelmed at like on a scale of one to 10? Is it a seven? Is it a nine? And what do you want instead? Do you want to feel calm? Do you want to feel relieved? Do you want to feel a sense of lightness? How do you want to feel? And we want to get specific about those things so that we can design with that in mind. Okay, so we do this for your benchmark, where you are now. We do it for where you want to be, just so that we can establish those two things and solve for the difference between the two right? This is where my engineering mind comes in. I solve for the difference between the two, and we need a strategy to solve for the difference. So, and we develop a strategy when it comes to the number of clients, right? How, okay. If you need to go from 500 to 300, how many are we going to let go of? Okay. 200. And how quickly are we going to let go of them? Same for your hours. How quickly are we going to move your hours down? And what's the work that we're going to choose to let go of? Or are we going to that extra, let's say, 20 hours, are we going to get those back for you by hiring, by delegating, by automating, or by disengaging? What's the strategy to get the hours down? We have to have a strategy. If we don't, then it's just willy-nilly, and I don't do
1: willy-nilly. Okay.
0: Step two, we need to know your capacity. So if you feel... So the symptoms of being beyond capacity are that you are rescheduling meetings, you're moving work around on your calendar. You thought you were gonna do A, B, and C today when you showed up, but you end up doing X, Y, Z. You do open, close, pick up, put down. You open a file, not everything you need is there. You email the client or your staff, (laughs) you put it down, right? And then you come back to it. Super inefficient, it happens. Or you have a to-do list that's five miles long. And when you are beyond capacity, you are essentially begging for gridlock in your business. Like a traffic jam, four-way stop signs throughout town, nobody can move. If that feels like your experience, right, of like inching forward in a traffic jam and just not getting anywhere, this is a symptom of being beyond capacity. And we need to solve it by... Getting cars off the road by getting clients out of your business, most likely. So in order to know your capacity, we need to see how many hours you're available. And we need to get crystal clear eyed about the hours that you are available. So during tax season, let's say you want to work 40 hours a week. Tax season is 10 weeks long. You've got 400 hours, right? Now, you're probably not going to be able to do 400 hours worth of returns. If you have staff that you need to talk with, if you have stuff, if you just do review, let's say, um, you're not going to operate at hundred percent efficiency and all the rest. So we need to account for that. Plus you need, if you are the CEO, assuming you are, you need to account for the time that it takes to simply operate your business, right? Time for operations too. You, we both know that you cannot do 40 hours a week of straight up production. So we need to account for that. And we we need to know how many hours you are committed to. How many clients do you have on your roster? How long does it take to get their tax returns done? Don't give me this answer of I don't know how long it takes because I'm not gonna believe it. I'm not a CPA and I know how long tax returns take. So close enough is good enough for the sake of this spreadsheet. You don't have to get down to the six minute mark, right? Business returns, maybe one to two hours. Personal returns, if they're straightforward, 30 minutes, more or less, right? If I know that, then you know that. We both know it doesn't take 40 hours to do a single tax return. We both know it doesn't take 20 hours, right? Some of the harder ones, maybe they take 10, maybe they take five, but we want to get close enough so that you can use the capacity spreadsheet that I'll give you in a heartbeat here to understand so that you can see how many hours you have committed to with the clients that you think are headed your way. So here is the link to the capacity planner that I use with my clients that they use. This is a Google doc. It is view only. So you can open it up. If you're new to Google docs in the upper right, go to file make a copy, retitle it, and then you can monkey around
1: in it. Let me tell you a few more things.
0: I made this spreadsheet super simple because anytime you walk into somebody else's spreadsheet, it takes a hot minute to understand how they've designed it and how they're thinking about it. I made it super simple so that you could step into it and really quickly understand, okay, this is how the thinking and the formulas flow through. You will need to customize it based on your own situation, obviously. So depending on how many staff you have and how much work they get done, and if the review flows through to you, then make the changes, customizations that you need so that it makes sense for your firm the way that you've designed it. Okay? Mm-hmm. The only problem with this spreadsheet is that it will not lie to you. And I have clients who come to me and they <laughs> lovingly swear at me and they're like, damn it, Geraldine, I've been using your capacity spreadsheet. And it keeps telling me that I'm looking at a 55 hour week. And I keep trying to like refinagle the numbers because I'm like, that can't be right. And then they say, but it, it shows me why I've been working, why I feel so tired Because I've been working 50 hours, 55 hours a week, because I have way too many clients. And the spreadsheet just reveals to them, it forces the issue basically, that they have way more work that they have said yes to than they could possibly fit inside of a 40-hour week. Now, one of the things that I lovingly say to CPAs and that I'm madly curious about is why is it that smart people for whom... Demand exceeds supply, right? The demand for accounting and tax far exceeds the number of CPAs and the number of accountants who are available to supply it. Why is it that smart people for whom demand exceeds supply underprice and then overwork to compensate for not making enough revenue? Why is this? This blows my mind. And I wanna help you stop doing this, and I can help you stop doing this, right? You are in the cappered seat. You are the envy of all kinds of other business owners that you have a you have 80 pounds of pressure behind your spigot, right? If you're on city water, you turn on the faucet, and there's always water that comes out, and it's the same for you as a CPA. All you have to do is turn on the spigot. You actually have like The problem is that you don't know how to turn off the spigot. And so your bathtub is overflowing. So what we need to do is a round of significant price increases, not just as a capacity management uh, solution, but so that you can feel confident, so that you can feel confident letting go of a reasonable number of your clients without forsaking revenue. Okay. So back to the capacity planner. We need to know how many hours you're available and how much work you have committed to because then we solve for the difference. The hours that you've committed to minus the hours available is the hours of excess. And we need to come up with a plan for how we're going to solve for the excess hours, the hours that you do not want to be working. And I have six options. If you think of more options for how to solve this problem, I am all ears. But as of yet, I've been able to come up with six, six ways to solve this problem. There's not an infinite way, a number of ways to solve this problem. This is a discrete problem. So here are your options. You can diseng, if you want to work less, get your hours down. Here are your six options. You can disengage clients. You can delegate the work. You can optimize your systems. You can automate steps in the system to make it go faster. You can just not do it. That sometimes is an option, but not always, I get it. Or you can make yourself less necessary. Sometimes we like to feel needed and we inadvertently insert ourselves into the system where it's not necessary. So these are your options. So how do you want to solve for the excess hours that you are working? I help my clients figure out how they want to solve it. No two people solve it the same way. Everybody comes up, with the solution that is going to work for them in their accounting practice given where they are right now with what feels right to them for the accounting practice they want to have some people say they're in their late 50s and they say I want to sell in 3 to 5 years other clients that I have in mastermind are in their mid 30s late 30s and they still have 15 solid years they don't think I want to sell in 3 to 5 years and be done they have a different way so Those two people are gonna have different ways that they want to reshape their accounting practice. There's no right or wrong answer. I help you figure out what is right for you given what you wanna have, how old you are, how big you wanna grow or don't, right? Because bigger, bigger is just bigger. It's not better, it's not worse, it's just bigger. So I help you figure out really what you wanna have. This is back to the goals. And I help you determine how we're going to get from where you are right now to where you want to be. So for some people, that means disengage a slew of clients. And in some cases, we're talking 500 down to 300. In some cases, we're talking 750 down to 250. In some cases, we're talking 750 down to 25, right? A slew of clients. And in other cases, we're talking 300 down to 200. Or we're talking 250 and stay at 250, just get way more efficient, help the staff get you know, in their groove, optimize systems, neither adding nor letting go of clients, but just working on the systematization and the efficiency so that the time, the time ratchets down. There are lots, there are all kinds of ways to do it. I help you figure out the way that is right for you so you don't succumb to the noise and the messaging on social media. A lot of my clients disengage. And the reason is that it's the fastest way to get where you want to go. It's the most rip off the band aid way, but once you rip it off, it's off, right? It's the most, (laughs) for those who don't like that one, it's like the dive into the cold water instead of wade into the cold water and like splash your legs and then splash your arms and splash your torso, right? You can also enter cold water at the lake in the summer. The walk in way disengaging is the dive in way and get it over with, shake it off. ah, And then you're done, right? And you're like, whew, glad I got it over with no right or wrong way.
1: Okay. Step three, let me take a sip of water. I get going. Also tell me what questions you have. You know, is this helpful? What's making sense? What's resonating? All right, step three. Step one, goals and
0: benchmark and goals. Step two, capacity. Leanne, it's all making sense, all with all caps. <laughs> this is all making sense. Great, 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 great. That is what I want. This is super methodical. I promise you, no rocket science. It's just challenging to do because it's a lot of individual decisions. And it's like your brain explodes with how are the decisions going to play out? And And it seems fraught with uncertainty and I get there is uncertainty, right? But it seems so fraught with uncertainty and like it starts to explode exponentially with possibilities that your brain just can't compute and in order and your brain is like, and it's so much easier to just go back to your task list and get stuff done because you have stuff you legitimately need to get done that this just seems way too daunting, and I think that is a big part of mastermind is to help you just step-by-step step walk through these decisions so that you can actually make one, you know, one step at a time, week after week after week after week for 16 weeks, actually make meaningful progress. And Shelly says, is January too late to disengage non-ideal clients? Great question. No, I would get on your giddy up, right. And get those letters out as quickly as you can. I think that if Are these tax return clients or these monthly accounting clients? Because I think the answer is a little bit different. But the answer is no, right? It's it's not my favorite, but people still have all of February and March and April to find somebody. And so I'm going to (laughs) argue. I want to. I like to argue both sides of things, but I can't find an argument for you keeping clients that you don't want to have if you don't need them. It sucks for them. But like at the end of the day,
1: (laughs) at at the end of the day, I say it sucks
0: for them. I mean, is it a bummer for them? Maybe, but it's also okay, right? These are adults. They can manage. And the question is, should you bear the burden and should you suffer? And work five extra hours every single week for clients that you just really don't wanna have. This is why I say at the end of my podcast, if you listen, this is your one trip through space. This is your only shot. You don't get a second take. You don't have nine lives, and this is not a dress rehearsal. This is your life. And if you've been carrying those clients for more of the years than you want, do you want to carry them for another year? If you like your reasons for carrying them another year, you can carry them for another year. Go ahead. If you if you like your reasons for doing it, do it. But if you if you're, I mean, even by virtue of asking me the question says to me that you don't want to carry these clients for another year, and probably you just feel bad about doing it. And I get it, right? And it's no fun to disengage clients, and they're going to be bummed, and it might be a pain in the rear end for them to find somebody else, but they will be able to find somebody else. They can find somebody, especially if it's late in the game, who can put them on extension. I get it's not, (laughs) I get it's not ideal, but it can be, it's doable. And I suggest that, you know, out of kindness and respect, get those letters out as quickly as possible. Let's see, just tax returns. Yeah. Also, is it um, straight up, is it individual returns? Is it business returns? Not that that makes too much of a difference. But if it's personal returns, especially if it's individual stuff, you know, they have other options that are not ideal, but H&R Block, TurboTax, they have other options. There's somebody else out there who would be, you could think of it this way. There's somebody else out there who's a, like, just hung their shingle because they finally had it with KPMG or whatever, PWC, who just hung their shingle. And they're like, give me those clients. I would love those clients. I just hung my shingle. I had to quit KPMG. I couldn't take the stress and the pressure anymore. My boss was a jerk. I would love those clients. Give them to me. I would love that income, right? There are people out there who would love to have your clients because they just hung their shingle or they're growing their tax mill, whatever it is. So think of the
1: opportunity that you're giving to somebody else. Our firm
0: intended to send formal disengagement letters our firm intended to send formal disengagement letters earlier. We had informally communicated it. And now a few are doggedly <laughs> circling back. Yes, this happens. This totally happens. I'll address it. Okay, their business returns. This is still Shelly. Owners who sold last year. We don't have a great referral source. Where do we find them? Do you have a directory? Great question. Okay. So I can, I can tell you a story of somebody, a client inside, down to 40 hours, who's now in down to 25 hours who similarly, <laughs> this happens a lot, sent communications, paper and email communication. I think in this case, only email communications. I can't remember the detail of if paper letters went out. But people love to ignore information that is inconvenient for them, right? They will pretend like they didn't see it. In some cases, they may have legitimately not seen it. They were in Spain for three months, three weeks, and they, you know, they missed it. But a lot of times people just love to pretend that that information was inconvenient, therefore I didn't get it. And so I I have seen in multiple cases, clients who send out communication number one, hey, we didn't hear back from you. Communication number two, hey, we haven't heard back from you. We are going to assume that this means you are not going to be needing our tax services in 2024. Thank you so much, we wish you. That's communication number three. That goes in November, December, it went out and in January, guess what? Knock, knock, knock. Hey, CPA. um, Where's my tax organizer? I want to blah, 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 blah. Or March 10th. Oh, no. Like, hey, I'm sending you my stuff. And the CPA is like, I sent you three letters. And the the client's like, I never got it. And the CPA is like, yeah, it did. Right? It happens all the time people, your clients will pretend that they did not receive your communications because that news was inconvenient for them. And then they show up on your doorstep on March 1st. Now, if you communicated informally, then you are increasing the likelihood that clients who you wanted to let go of will show up on your doorstep on March 1st or April 10th. So I have often seen this take multiple communications, often two, sometimes three. Some of my clients even send certified mail so that they know their clients got it right so they they get out of the bs and it also reduces their risk of liability lawsuit kind of thing that um it's crystal clear they it's a, like it's a cya kind of thing right and they feel also the cpa my client feels much more at ease knowing that that door is closed It is not left a little bit ajar with a little bit of daylight and possibility that the client could somehow come back in some narrative, fictional, whatever, try and convince you that they didn't get the communication. You need to do the work for them, right? So we like to be crystal clear. This door is closed. So let me come back to your question. I'll I'll come to the referral source in just a second. Although we know it's not our job to match up former clients with a new upgrade. yep, This is all resonating. Good, good, good. Okay. So for the Shelly, back to
1: your January situation.
0: I'm going to make some assumptions. So if this doesn't match, just tell me. And it sounds like it's business returns. It's just tax returns. Is it too late to disengage non-ideal clients? Um, Okay. So it's still the first half of January. Like I said, I would get on your horse and send out communications that are crystal clear. And if you want that door to be like absolutely closed, I would, and locked shut, like the closed sign is in the window. And I would consider saying certified mail, right? Because then you know, it gives you, it gives you the, you're the primary benefit area of that in that it gives you the peace of mind that the communication was crystal clear and there's no daylight. There's no crack of daylight that, you know, the clients can come back through. Like I said, I get, it's more effort. I get that there's an extra cost, but the, the upside is your mental piece of calm and clarity that, that it's buttoned up. So let me come to the, do you have a referral source? Great referral. Do you have a directory and we don't have a great referral source. I love this question. So I don't have a great referral source because, because, right? Like there's, it's a huge country, but here's what I say. In a perfect world, you might have a couple of referrals. That would be great. But if you don't, please don't let that stop you because it's your business. It's your life. You are working with, forgive me, grown ass individuals who can figure this out for themselves. Okay, so you can the the nice way to say it or a nice way to say it is regrettably, we don't have any we don't have any other CPAs who we can refer you to. However, you I don't want to say like Google it. Google CPA Houston. Right. However, there are there are more than 50 CPAs operating in our zip code we, you're not going to say exactly that. Let me, let me try again. I have this stuff written down. If you're a mastermind, I have all kinds of scripts for you so that you don't have to come up with this stuff, but you can say something like, we regret that we don't have anybody to refer you to. However you might try the state society, which we, you and I both know might not work, but it's like, it kind of points them in a direction and we know there are countless qualified providers in the area who would be welcome to serve who would be delighted to serve you okay let me tell you what happened let me tell you my own story about this just to assuage your own sense of obligation that you might have about having to refer thank you for this and diving in with me we're in a rural area and all prepares at capacity i give the link to our state cpa directory perfect all of this stuff can be done virtually right even if you are in a rural area, I'm in a rural area too, a town of 3,000 people. And my tax preparer is five hours away from me, <laughs> right? And she's in a rural area. This stuff can be done virtually. And the story that I like to tell is I'm in a rural area. I, we have We had a pediatrician and I have two little kids. And one day I got a very thin letter in the mail. And it basically said... Thank you so much, families, for trusting me to provide healthcare to your kids. I am leaving. I'm going to get my master's in child psychology in Boston. I'm so sorry. We don't have a replacement pediatrician at this time. We wish you the best of luck. <laughs> it's basically what it said. <laughs> Not even a page. And of course, I was like, oh, my kids were little at the time. I live in a valley of 10,000 people. The blinking light is 45 miles away. There was no other option for pediatrician. But whatever. We can, We made it work. And I was also delighted for her because she was pursuing her dreams, and I knew that it was going to make her a better provider when after she was done wherever it went, she went in her life. So I was delighted. I was bummed, and I was delighted for her. And I'm a grown-ass adult, and I figured it out. Okay. That was three years ago. And now we finally have a new pediatrician. And I went the other day and I'm psyched to finally have a pediatrician. We made it work. Your clients can make it work. They will figure it out. And I wouldn't want you to put your dreams, your life's dreams on the shelf because you feel an outside sense of obligation to your clients. Okay. Reprice and package. All right, here we go. I want to leave time for questions about mastermind in case you have it, in case you have them. So here's what we need. Here's how we actually get these. Here's how we actually go about this. So we need to balance speed with risk, right? This is the diving into the cold water versus the waiting and how fast do you want to go in? There's no right or wrong answer. We just want you to feel comfortable so that you move forward. Smaller batches, you make slower progress, but we reduce the risk. It feels a bit safer. Larger batches and arguably is a bit less risky. Larger batches, you make faster progress, but there's a bit more risk. And here's the risk. The risk is if you go in larger batches, either you price too high and maybe more than you want leave, or you price too low and you leave money on the table and more than you want stay. Mostly what happens with my clients is at first they price too low, right? <laughs> more on that later. More Not today. More on that in mastermind. So here's the fast batch way, right? This is like three steps and you're done. I don't recommend this. Almost nobody does this. Most people will either do this. They do the first 20% at the top end. We reprice and package at the top end with clients they really like. We take 20% swatch test. We send out letters. We wait for the response. We gauge the response. We make adjustments. We do it again. At the bottom end, we take 15%. We do a swatch test. We gauge, gauge the response. And then we do, then we do it again. And a lot of people will do this, right? 10% batches, 10% at a time, right? So if you have a roster of 500 clients, you're sending out batches of 50, 50 letters at a time to see what happens, gauge the response, rinse, repeat. Nobody does. I don't recommend 5% because it's just too small of increments and it just takes forever, right? And you just get bogged down in the process. So we do swatch tests, small tests, balancing risk with reward and, and speed. And we learn from what happens and we just keep moving forward. And we just go incrementally, right? And we send out a batch of letters, we wait two to three weeks, we rinse, make adjustments, repeat. So what happens, let me back up, is if you're sending out disengagement letters and price increase letters, if you do four rounds, two to three weeks each, you're looking at 10 to 12 weeks, that's three months. Right? At the fastest, you know, maybe you're looking at eight weeks ish. So when I say, here's how you get your accounting practice under control in four months, this is what I'm talking about. We send out letters, we wait two weeks, we make adjustments to the letter. That takes a week. We send out the next batch. That's why it takes three weeks ish per batch. If you do three to four rounds, you're looking at 10, 12 weeks. And now we have it under control. Right? That's why it doesn't, that's why it takes maximum four months. Okay. Step four, implement healthy business boundaries. I'm going to scapegoat hourly billing and hourly billing incentivized people, you, to just say yes to everything. The, the business incentive was for you, for you to say yes. That way you had a pile of work on your desk that you could bill for. You come to work, you work through the pile, you clock the time, you send out the invoice, the bills right? So there was an incentive to make sure that you had a pile of work on your desk. So you always said, yes, you got in the habit of saying yes, so that there was a pile of work on your desk so that you always knew you could make money and pay your staff. We need to change that. We need to flip that and help you say no. So we need to help you stop chasing clients for documents. You said, yes, there were no boundaries to anything, but we need to help you stop doing this thing called chasing clients for documents. What we need for you to have is clear deadlines I need these documents by the 10th of the month so that you can have your financials by the 21st of the month with fair consequences. If we don't have your financials by the 10th of the month, you will not receive your financials for the month or an appropriate fee. If you would like your financials, if we don't have them by your stuff by the 10th, the fee, rush fee for you to get your financials still by the 21st is 500 bucks or 250, you get to decide what the appropriate fee is, I help you decide. And we do this communication outside of the 12-page engagement letter because nobody reads your engagement letter door-to-door, and it's unfair to your client to bury this information inside an engagement letter that is fraught with legalese, right? Instead, we put this on a very simple one-page PDF. Here's our rules of engagement, right? I'm a hockey fan. You get two minutes for tripping. You go in the box right? That's the penalty. We need to know what the rules of engagement are and it needs to be simple and crystal clear for your clients because they have other things to do rather than study up on your six page engagement letter. So we also put the close sign in the front window, right? Just for now. (laughs) Did I speed past that? There you go. Close sign in the front window for now. And I give you 16 ways to say no. I keep adding to this list. It gets longer and longer. I wish I could Thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm so honored that you thought of me for this opportunity. I regret to say that I cannot say yes to this right now, but I wish you the best, right? I have all kinds of scripts for you to say no so you get good at saying no and it feels so empowering when you can say no. It is the best. And we need to learn how to be okay when others are displeased. <laughs> People are going to have their pity parties. It's okay. I hope you be okay with that and not take it as, and not... Coddle clients or twist yourself into a pretzel because you're worried about their reaction, right? When we can get comfortable with other, being, other people being upset, frustrated, ticked off, whatever, life just gets so much easier. Okay. So revisit four simple steps, not rocket science. Here's, we can get your accounting practice under control in the next four months, even in tax season especially during tax season, because now is game time. Now is when you are making the decisions that you have always been making that have gotten you into the working more hours than you want to be position. So tax season is the perfect time because it surfaces all of the decisions that you have historically made and are likely to make again this tax season. And we can address them in real time and correct them or improve them in real time. So I think tax season is the perfect time to do it. Even though it's kind of a heavy time, If you want to rip the bandaid off and be done with working 55 or 65 or 45 or whatever hours a week and feel, get the work done that you need to do and get well compensated for it and feel a light workload, like have it feel light instead of burdensome and stressful. I think tax season is the best time to do it because it's game time. Why would you wait? Why would you wait? That's my feeling on it. And I also, like I said, totally get that sometimes you just got to wait for the next city bus and that's okay. So number one, we benchmark where you are now and we decide where you want to be. I think the exact firm that you want is possible to have. It's really easy in our minds to believe that what we want isn't possible because we haven't figured out how to make it possible. So we spin ourselves into believing that we can't have the thing that we want. But lucky for you, I don't believe that the thing that you want is impossible. I believe it's entirely possible. I just help you do it. I haven't decided that what you want isn't possible. And because I have that objectivity, I just help you make it possible and get you to stop believing that it's impossible and help you make the decisions that will make it possible. Step two, we get you under capacity. Use the spreadsheet. It won't lie to you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Use it so that you can see how what your capacity is for tax returns. And if you have monthly accounting clients in there, what the hours actually are. Uh, Step three, reprice and repackage. And we do this. I help you set your prices higher than you would on your own. Guaranteed. Like I have yet to work with a CPA who tells me they should price X. And I'm like, no, 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 that's too high. Invariably, it's too low. Like in my experience, it's always too low. And I help you... Like step by step, push those prices up because you've been at this for years, if not decades. That's what people are paying you for, the knowledge that you have acquired over years and decades, not the 30 minutes or two hours that it takes for you to polish off the return or do the monthly accounting or the month end close. Step four, implement healthy business boundaries right? Stop chasing your clients for documents. There's no need. It's massively inefficient. Stop saying yes to everything we teach. We work on saying no and establish using uh, rush fees and boundaries consequences and putting the close sign in the front window so that you have healthy business boundaries so that you have the business that you want. Okay. I mean, what questions you have about that, about the four steps to getting your accounting practice under control inside four months? um, or anything that you're like, no, I don't think so. I'm skeptical. That won't work. It wouldn't work for me because happy to answer any of your questions, any of your objections. Okay. We have six minutes left. I told you, I give you 15. So that's the end of the content. If that is what you came for and you want to duck out, please feel free, do me a favor and leave something that's been most helpful in the chat window so that I can continue to generate um, webinars like these that are helpful for you. For those of you who want to stay for a few more minutes, let me give you some nuts and bolts about down to 40 hours. So here's the end result that I see time and again with clients. Less hours, way less stress. Like it goes from a lot of people come in at like on the stress scale of one to 10, they come in at a seven and above, seven, eight, nine, 10, sometimes 11. And we get down to like a two or like a manageable three or four right? So just imagine if your stress or overwhelm levels are a seven plus on a scale of one to 10, how it would feel to get those down to a two, three, or four. Kathy says, I have to run for a meeting. This was great. As always, like you say, steps are simple, but not easy. Yeah, totally. Yep. Simple, but not easy. Thank you, Kath. Okay. Decreased stress, increased confidence. They leave feeling so much more confident that they can drive the bus in their business, more control, lighter workload, And increased revenue as a byproduct of getting hours down, feeling more confident, increasing increased control and lighter workload because they think more clearly and they feel more confident. So they raise their prices and revenue goes up as a byproduct of doing all of this. Okay, so here's what's included. Content library, all of the podcasts that I've done. All the video trainings on all of these topics, it's all all in video format, organized by topic, depending on what you need to work on. And homework, if you will, like worksheets, so that you can take the theory and apply it inside your business. And you post it inside Slack, I will review it. We have a Slack channel for questions, conversations, feedback, my eyes on stuff, on your decisions. It's available 24-7. I'm in there at least once, sometimes twice a day, helping people, answering questions, providing feedback, and so on. We have office hours once a week, almost always on Tuesdays with some exceptions, the month of January being the exception, Wednesdays, but typically office hours are on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Unlimited Mindset Coaching. I have a team of mindset coaches who help you work on your mindset and your thinking. Get Thinking more productive thoughts is incredibly powerful and a game changer. And I have lot, there are lots of CPAs inside Mastermind who say that the mindset coaching is so helpful because they have a place to just talk stuff out. It's private, it's anonymous, it never goes anywhere. And they gain a lot of insight into how they're thinking about their challenges. It's unlimited. You can get as much mindset coaching as you want. And then the office hours are recorded. They get posted to the private podcast so that if you miss office hours, if you can't make it, you can always catch the audio. And it is so helpful to hear yourself get coached because it makes it more objective. You can be objective when you hear yourself thinking and talking objectively at arm's length afterwards. You're like, oh, look at how I'm making this a problem. And the solution is obvious. But when it's inside your own brain, it's not nearly as clear. The value of hearing yourself get coached is infinite because it creates so much more clarity. Uh, Leanne says, do you have Canadian clients? Yes, totally. Yes, we have Canadian clients. Here's what they say. <laughs> we had one who was so funny. She said, tax is basically the same. Our our deadlines are a little bit different. And we're a little, something she had the best way of saying it. We're, we're a little bit nicer and a little bit more people-pleasing um but effectively it's all the same so typically i'm trying to think how many but like it just in rough percentages i have like 10% canadian clients and it's great the i mean the difference is the difference is like i said tax and deadlines and you guys talk in t1s and t2s and i can mostly keep up and so far it hasn't been a problem right because because really what we're dealing with is the business model and the thinking and the capacity and the pricing And helping you reshape your practice. And whether you're Canadian or American or from any other country, it doesn't, it's not really a driving factor because how you do your work, the delivery of your work isn't really what we're addressing, right? You're the pro at doing your work. We're helping you reshape at at a higher levels of altitude, helping you reshape your practice. And I have a soft spot for. Canadians, because I used to live in Montana, which I think of as South Canada. So I always love having Canadians in Mastermind. Okay, here's some nuts and bolts. We kick off January 17th. We finish on May 3rd. So if you sign up now, we actually have informal office hours on Wednesday. So just know that that's an option. It's 7500 If you prefer the four monthly payments, you are more than welcome to. They are reoccurring monthly from the day that you make your first initial payment from the day that you register. So they're spaced one month apart. Registration is open now until Friday at midnight. So make sure you get in before then. And the maximum group size is 12. I like it to be big enough so that you have a few voices around you and small enough that you feel like you still get eyes on your work, eyes on your problem, individual attention. So I think a group size of between eight and 12 is really a sweet spot. It's big enough to have multiple voices, small enough to have individual attention. Jelly says, is the mindset coaching one-on-one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's two kinds of coaching. Thank you for asking. I'll clarify. So there is coaching inside of office hours, which is all of us, however many. So, you know, multiple people say 12 and mostly in an hour. And if Sometimes if I need to go to an hour 15, I will. And that's everybody. And I can typically coach four to six people in that amount of time. And if I don't get to somebody in an hour, then I find a way to do overflow because I want to make sure that everybody gets coached if they need it every week by me because I do the more tactical stuff, right? And then the mindset coaching is one-on-one And that's one-on-one. Those sessions are 20 minutes. Sometimes if they go to 25 or 30 minutes, okay, fine. But generally they're 20 minutes because you can get in and get out inside 20 minutes. And I wanna make sure that you don't have the thought, I don't have time because everybody can find 20 minutes. So those are one-on-one, 20 minutes long-ish. They are with my team of mindset coaches. They are lovely women. Emma is a former CPA and accounting professor. Natalie is a leadership coach. So she is great with managing staff leadership questions all that kind of thing but she's not a CPA Emma is a former CPA so she gets you so and I can help you find them so that you know who you, so that you can schedule with one or the other if you want or if you don't care that's okay too what was I going to say those sessions are 20 minutes one on one private not re- recorded if you want to but you don't have to it doesn't go anywhere i don't know about it i don't ask about it Because I know that mindset is just mindset coaching. You're just, it's like the sentences in your brain, how you're thinking about things, what you are thinking, what you are believing to be true when it might not be, and also what you're not thinking, which is so often the benefit is so often it doesn't occur to us to have all these other thoughts that are available, but it never occurs to us to think those thoughts because our brain, without getting too much into mindset stuff, our brains are designed for efficiency, not accuracy. And for them to be efficient and deal with all of the information that our brains have to process, if they can find a pattern of repeat thought that works, your brain just sticks with that pattern, right? It doesn't go searching for a new pattern because it's plenty happy with the pattern that it has. So the part of the value of mindset coaching is being exposed to other optional thoughts that you didn't even know you could think, right? There's this world of Of available thoughts to you that you wouldn't know to think until you get mindset coaching. Okay. I think Mastermind is the best program out there for CPAs and EAs and accountants who are working more hours than they want to be. It is designed exactly for accountants, CPAs, EAs who are working more hours than they want to be and just feel like they're in the spin cycle and they don't know how to get out. And they want to get out, but they just don't know how. And it all feels so overwhelming that you get stuck inside your brain and you can't see the solution. But I have the solution, it is what we do. And it doesn't have to take you three years to reshape your accounting practice. We're not gonna probably reshape the entire thing in four months just to set clear expectations, but we can get you out of the DEF CON 7 or 10 stress level inside four months that I can guarantee that sense of like overwhelm. You leave the office. You've never, you haven't gotten everything done that you needed to work is always on your mind. Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night. Did I check that box? All we can get all of that to go away inside. It's as we transition from month three to month four clients inside mastermind, they start saying, I'm starting to feel like I have a lot of control. I'm starting to feel a sense of relief that this is happening. I'm starting to feel the difference between where I was three months ago and where I am now. I'm starting to feel so much lighter. And I can feel it too, right? I can feel the difference between where they are when they come in feeling like a heavy burden and like tight or stressed or anxious and starting to feel like they're like, okay, this is starting to calm down. This is starting to settle down. And it's right around the three-month mark because all of those, all the rethinking and the packages and the prices, all those decisions that they have had to think through in their brain and make decisions and then push through their client roster, it's all starting to come together and they start to feel the difference. And in the last month, they're like, okay, oh my God, I'm doing it. And if they're And then in the next round, if they're staying on, because sometimes people will stay for a second round of down to 40 and then go into down to 25, they're like, okay, I'm doing it. It's happening. And I'm actually looking forward to tax season because I, for the first time in a long time, I can see how this is actually not going to be that bad. (laughs) And then they'll say, I can see how I might need to do another round of disengagements because I probably didn't disengage as many as I needed to. But now I know how to do it and I know I can handle it, right? So those are the kinds of things that they say in the fourth month. It really takes the three months to make all the decisions and do the hard work of changing all the things and feeling the fear and doing it anyways. It's in the fourth month that like, ah, it really starts to feel a lot lighter. So that's what I have for you. Shelly says, thank you for this presentation and Q and I'll go connect on LinkedIn. Happy Monday. Awesome. If there are no more questions, I'm going to set you free for the day. Very best to you. You are more than welcome to email me if you have specific questions, especially about mastermind, if that's something that you are interested in. All right. I'm going to wish you a beautiful day and I will see you next time.